Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. If you are a builder, remodeler, or contractor, this is your go-to resource for business growth strategies, as well as marketing and sales tactics. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders, construction professionals in the trenches, and from our team of digital marketing experts here at Builder Funnel. If you're not growing, you're moving backward, so we want you to always be in growth mode. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 44 with Adam Sand. And this episode is a blur of great information. Uh, We dive into Adam's background and how he scaled up a roofing business, but then really the bulk of it, we talk about Facebook ads. We talk about the importance of the pixel, the amount of targeting you can do, how specific you can get, and how you can generate leads at a low cost but also how to follow up with those leads and kind of what happens next, what that buyer's journey looks like. I mean, it is fast paced, but I think you'll get a ton out of this episode. So stay tuned and enjoy episode 44 with Adam Sand. All right. Hey, Adam, thanks for joining me today. Hey, man, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. It should, uh, I'm excited to kind of see where we go with this. Yeah, yeah, me too. And and before we dive into the weeds on what we're going to talk about, I always like to just get a little bit of the background so our listeners can get to know you a little bit. So, uh, you know, you're a part owner in a roofing business. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, me and my uh, best friend, we started a roofing company back in 2014 together. So he was subcontracting. He had ran another, worked his way up through another roofing company from, you know, basically a laborer all the way up to being the foreman. And then they sold the company. And so he was kind of the intellectual property that was sold with the company. I was like, okay, there's the tools, there's the lot, there's the trucks, there's the, you know, and there's, uh, there's Joe, he kind of can do everything. And so there you go. It was kind of sold as a turnkey business, but that owner and him weren't really having the best, uh, you know, the best, I guess, they weren't having the best results. And rather than stick around, Joe thought, you know, maybe I'll just go do subcontracting. And, you know, he kind of, realized that that wasn't a real business. And then him and I talked about it and I said, yeah, like you're just, you got some pimp. Like I didn't, I used the language, but he was like, yeah, basically I have this pimp that puts you to work. And then when he's done, he gets to put his sign out front and take all the credit for your work. You show up, you do all the work, you, you know, reinforce the standards of quality and then you don't get any credit for it. And then he's the guy who gets the phone call from the neighbor as that's not a business. And, uh, <laughs> And so that was when him, you know, he expressed his concerns, and I said, "Well, then let's do it together." And so uh, we we start up a partnership in 2014, and the rest is history. That's cool. So so yeah, maybe take us through that that conversation. Like, what what got you excited to jump into this? Because you weren't necessarily coming into it like, "Oh, I've got the the roofing thing nailed down." Uh, well, it was, so I have been, ever since I was 16, my, my parents were entrepreneurial. So I always like, if you go like me and my friend used to joke because my friend is a fighter pilot. He flies in the, uh, he flies for the air force and mm-hmm. me, I own a business. And we, yeah, when we were 14, he had like, he was reaching like researching about the F 35 fighter jet when we were like 15, 16. And but when it was just a concept and, uh, and I, um, had bookmarks about business and espionage and like all this stuff. And so, and then we both kind of found our place. So I've always been entrepreneurial. I owned a business. I sold a business. I did lots of entrepreneurial stuff. And then, you know, over time, uh, you know, I, I, I heard a lot about Joe's career and then I heard what they, you know, they sold the company and I heard what they sold it for. And I thought, huh, I mean, that sounds like a reasonable exit strategy. Sure. I wouldn't mind building up something like that and seeing if I could even take a little bit further. 
That's so cool. That, that was that where that whole thing was born. So I was like, listen, I'll handle, I'll handle all the business stuff. I'll, you know, I'll, I can do sales. I can do marketing stuff. And at the time when I said do marketing stuff, I just meant, you know, I understood how marketing worked because I'd ran businesses. I understood, excuse me. I understood the fundamentals. And then, uh, I said, I'll handle taxes, I'll handle payroll, I'll, you know, I'll hire the right people and stuff like that. And, you know, and I'll just, I'll kind of do that part. And then you handle operations, hiring, training, you know, selling jobs, knowing how to estimate projects, project management, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and so we just kind of lined out an initial scope of what our responsibilities were. And I stayed at my career because when I sold my last business, I went into for a job and I had a pretty good job. And so I was, I was using that money to invest in our company. And, uh, and then after three years, I was able to quit that job and that was a pretty good paying job. That's cool. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And, and I think it's great that you guys kind of segmented your roles because I find that a lot of times, yeah, if you can split off, like somebody's focused on operations and then somebody's handling the other stuff, then kind of frees your mind to just make that work. Uh, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about that journey you guys went on you know, you said, you know, the rest is history, but you know, what did that growth path look like for you guys? Well, so, so 2014 was total chaos. It was just us figuring it out. Right. I mean, we were just more or less trying to see if there was some kind of viable product and it was just me learning the roofing industry. Right. I was sitting down, just going into the estimates and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, trying to get a picture as to what that, what, what makes people successful in that industry. And so while he was learning, you know, how he needed to change his thinking as a business owner, I was learning how to understand the roofing industry. And so, I mean, good example would be like, we go on estimates and I'd see customers asking certain questions and about certain products or components of a roof. And I didn't understand them. So I'd have to ask questions. And then it became more and more of an understanding of, of how, do we get customers to value these things because we're trying to sell customers stuff that they don't necessarily understand it, right? And so he saw where my curiosities came from. And then I understood that, you know, he had issues and questions about, you know, how what is the best way to plan out and price a job, you know, so that we can understand where we're sitting financially after every job rather than just this like, you know, for him, it was just kind of like, oh, you just, it's materials and labor times too, you know, or like something <laughs> like that, right? I mean, he would have these generalized statements like, oh, this much per square. And I was like, yeah, but every roof is different. So how can you just have a per square price on everything of a certain pitch, you know, or something like that? And so 2015 became the year, okay, well, now I believe in this business. How do we grow it? And it was at that time, you know, Facebook was, you know, really popular. Like all of our friends called it a crack book and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, you know, people were still trying to figure out what the hell it was, you know, it was still when it was like, your status was like blank, it was like Adam is, and then it had like a blank <laughs> box. And it just had ads along the, the side there. And you started to get Facebook groups and people had groups and you had business page groups. And, you know, I was just like, you know, like something like this Facebook thing makes sense to me. Like, and I, I'd used Facebook in the past, but my previous business it was a lot more sexy than roofing. Like, you know, people like to talk about my last business. Roofing is pretty boring and you only do it once every 25 years. So <laughs> I didn't see quite of the, the, the potential for viral or, you know, sexy kind of conversation around it. You know what I mean? It wasn't a fun business. Yeah, was, we're not all going to get together and talk about our roofs. and Yeah, you know, exactly. 
<laughs> yeah. So I was like, how do we, but I was like, but this Facebook thing makes sense. Cause there's so many eyeballs here. Like everybody's on it. Right. And people love being on Facebook. It's kind of like putting a billboard on the highway and rush hour, except people love rush hour. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook. It's like when, when everybody's on Facebook and there's a thousand comments, it's kind of like everybody's on the highway and there's a thousand cars, except people hate rush shower but they love when Facebook was busy and I was like how do I just interject us in there and I said I want one of those ads on the side and I want a Facebook page and so I uh, started a Facebook page and I went off in search of someone to do this Facebook stuff we were paying an agency to do our Google AdWords and you know SEO and um, stuff like that and I said you know can you guys do Facebook ads for us and like do Facebook stuff and they're like you don't use Facebook for construction. Like that's where you don't have a buy now button. There's no price. You're not shipping anything. There's no like, it's not like you're a, it's not like you have like an ebook or something that you can sell. There's no dog toy. There's no free shipping offer. Like you have nothing to give up front. Like you don't use Facebook for construction. That's stupid. I was like, no, but there's lots of people there. We should still be advertising there. It's like putting a sign up. It's like, oh, it's like putting your, your logo on the hood of a NASCAR race car. That's dumb. You know, you want conversions. Keep doing Google. Just increase your spend on Google. And I was like, oh, I see where you're at. And so I left them. I, left, I, I stopped the conversation with them. Mm-hmm. went to another company. They said they would do Facebook. So I dumped my Google AdWords people, went to them. And then once I was paying them for Google, I was like, yeah, but you don't use Facebook for construction. <laughs> and so background. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, fine. I get it. You guys know what you know and you guys don't think that there's a way to do it. So I'm going to go off in search of other people. So then I went to other people who did social media marketing and they were like, yeah, but you don't do Facebook for construction. You do it, you do it through Google or something like that. You want to you know, do, a, do, a, do a postcard, right? you want to do a postcard, mail out, and then you use Google, right? And I'm like, you know, have you tried reviews? <laughs> so I'm getting frustrated. So then I'm like literally going over like, can somebody teach me? And, and I'm like, I spent eight months trying to find someone to do Facebook ads for my roofing company. And I always say wow. today, you can't throw a shingle off a roof without hitting 13 guys who are like, I do Facebook ads for construction. And, uh, and, so, it's, um, and so it was quite frustrating. And there was a guy who was teaching Facebook ads and just a generalized program. And I said, Hey, uh, you know, all you guys ever talk about, and, they, and like and it, through this eight month period, they started to run ads in the newsfeed. That was like when the big thing came out and Facebook's mm-hmm. IPO was going on and talking about, or like the Facebook stock was like, Oh, now they've you know quadrupled their inventory and the big Facebook update came out. Like the biggest change that they ever made was this point. And they had the new ads and news feed and everybody was talking about how Facebook was going to make a bajillion dollars because now they had all this inventory in the news feed rather than just three spots on the right hand side. And, uh, and so I was really getting frustrated because of me, I thought, man, everybody's going to figure this out. Like you got to be on Facebook with your roofing company. And if we don't get on here, someone else is going to figure it out. And this is still like 2015. And I said, no, we have to do this. So then uh, nobody would do it. So then this guy who does all this stuff, teaching you how to like, you know, you give a free tooth whitening and then you get a, and then you get, you bring them in and they become your dental client or you, sure. you know, give away a free diet guide and then they become, you get a personal training client. And, uh, and, and this, whole, this whole thing was being taught online. And I got mad at this Facebook ads coach. I was like, you're all a bunch of hacks. You don't know how to use Facebook to sell real businesses. And you all talk online. And the best way to make money online is to sell how to make money online. You're all a bunch of crooks. And just kind of had an emotional outburst, like a 13-year-old girl. And he said, listen, you're right. I have no idea how to sell construction on Facebook. And I don't know anybody who does. Um, but Facebook 
is about testing and it's the best platform that exists for testing your assumptions because of the amount of tracking and data that you get through the pixel and through the platform. And like, this is the first version of the pixel before the pixel we have today. And, uh, and so he said, if you want to learn, I'll teach you how to test and then you can, and we can work together and, and you're, you can test your hypothesis. We can see if it'll work. And I was like, okay, fine, sold. So I took his course and sure enough, we, uh, we started doing some stuff. We had some miserable failures. We spent thousands of dollars on stuff that didn't work and going down a bunch of avenues. Um, and then we started to get some, stu- get some stuff that worked. We did some infographics that worked. And this is before they had video view ads on Facebook. Um, so we did some infographic stuff. And, you know, and we started to really fun- find that the, the key component that's missing from, from our, our online marketing for construction was that we don't have a lead magnet. You know I mean? Everything they teach is you need a lead magnet. You give a thing for free that gets them a, a percentage or a portion of the intended result. And then they self identify as being interested in valuing that. And then you sell them the big shit. That was their, that was their thing. It's like, so you give the free tooth whitening. That means people are self identifying as my teeth and my appearance of my teeth matter to me. So therefore I want to, um, I want to, you know, have people see that. And so then when you get them as a free tooth whitening client, you get a bunch of them, right? And, uh, and then the same thing happened with, you know, personal training and all stuff. So I said, yeah, but you can't do that in roofing. Like I can't say, oh, I'll replace three shingles for free. And if I do a good job, you can hire me to do the whole roof. And it was something that didn't really pan out. And so I was like, well, what? We don't have a lead magnet. But like I said before, going on in these estimates, what I really realized is that people have a big fear of hiring a roofing company and in construction companies in general, I've now learned, but people have a fear of hiring them because they don't know how to properly qualify a contractor. And so their solution is, Oh, I'll just get three quotes, right? right. Pick the, pick the middle one, right? Yeah. Like that's like, that's like consumer, consumer shopping for contractors. One oh one. get three quotes, pick the middle one right? Check the reviews and that's it. And then you go in your market. A lot of times you go in your market and back then, I mean, they'd have three Google reviews between, you know, between the three of them and uh, they'd all be left by their mother. And then, you know, you pick the quote, you don't even understand what's on the quote half the time. So you don't even know if you're comparing apples to apples. So I understood that the lead magnet, a portion of the intended result wasn't a free shingle or a free tooth whitening or a free diet guide. It was it was the free understanding, sorry, the free understanding of what was needed to, to ultimately be, feel confident and empowered to make a decision about a contractor. And so that's where a lot of our infographics came in is that when people asked about Drip Edge, we understood that we had to teach them what Drip Edge was up front so that through, because the buyer's journey for getting a roof done is sometimes months. It's not like they just go, oh, curling shingles, time to get a new roof. It's like they look at some of these issues for a long time and it's no different. Basement renovations, people talk for months about what they want to do with the basement. They talk about what they want to do with the deck. They talk about what, what kind of fence they want. And they see the cracks in the driveway for years before finally making a decision. And they only make a decision once they feel empowered and educated enough that the money that they're forking out is well spent and roofing is the least desired thing ever. Nobody replaces the roof because they want to five years early. They do it when it's finally and they have to or a storm comes and destroys it. 
Yeah, so, they're not uh, looking for a fancy design or something. That's exactly. Really gonna happen, right? It's not like it's not like coffered ceilings in the kitchen or granite countertops in the bathroom, right? It's it's about need, not want. But they want to make sure if they can get a good experience, it increases the value. Because if they have to do it, if they can't go on a vacation to someplace like the picture behind me, right? That's what they want to spend their money on. But they have to spend money on their roof because it's this one of the most important components of your house, and so. The infographics did well, and then when we joined all those infographics into an ebook and called it the like twenty one the twenty one or uh, how to avoid costly mistakes while roofing. Now this is impossible today, but we generated three hundred and eighty four leads at eighty one cents a lead. Now, again, <laughs> yeah. this is twenty this is, the, yeah. this is the beginning <laughs> of twenty sixteen, right? So obviously we became all of a sudden everybody in our local market was like, who the hell are these guys and where'd they come from? Every bid I'm competing against them. I see them everywhere. And we weren't even competing on most like 90% of those leads. They were people who were hiring us without before they Googled, you know, roofing companies, Edmonton. And so that was when we got that interview on that podcast and everything for me then has been an accidental career. But so that was when we really understood that, there was more that, that we were more so an education, uh, an, an education source than a sales organization selling roofs, and it was just about making sure that we could be everything that we educated our customers on, having the right choices made before buying the roof. That we could fulfill those things from an operation standpoint. And that's been Joe's. That's been Joe's challenge, right? That's been totally. Joe's. Joe's. Yeah. That's been Joe's responsibility is to ultimately, you know, cash the checks that I write. <laughs> Yeah. And, and Adam, that was awesome that you just like burned through a bunch of stuff there. And I want to kind of reel it back for our listeners that were probably, you know, going to, no, it's, it's awesome. But, you know, just for anybody that's maybe not familiar with some of the lingo, like a lead magnet, what Adam's talking about is something that you can use to capture some lead information. So you're giving some value for free. And that's exactly what you're kind of talking about is, hey, we discovered that really what they wanted is this like comfort level and they didn't know some things that we know about our own industry. So let's give them that information, but we're going to capture a name an email, a phone number, those types of things in exchange for that. Uh, and then now you've, you've got that and they can, they get to know you, they can start to trust you. And so then when they are ready, like you've been there, you're a part of that, that buyer's journey that you reference. And so I want maybe you to just break down a couple of things for everybody um, one is maybe quickly you can talk about, you mentioned the Facebook pixel. So maybe you can share like, what is the Facebook pixel? How does it work? And then we'll maybe move into the buyer's journey and talk about that. For sure. Uh, so my idea of the, of the Facebook pixel is, and, and to make it so that, I mean, this is not a dig against construction guys. It's just, they, they are self-identified as not being so concerned with technology. So the easiest way to think of the Facebook pixel is imagine if you had a shoe store and in that shoe store, you had a security camera, but it was a soul peering uh, camera. It could peer into your soul, right? <laughs> this Fun, security, yeah. <laughs> when you walk in, because Facebook knows a creepy amount of information about us, right? So you walk into this shoe store, right? And we'll just make it about women so it's easier. Um, you walk in a shoe store and this shoe store knows what TV shows you watch, what websites do you visit, what your interests are, who your favorite celebrities are, what you do on the weekends, how much money you have, where you live, how much money you like to spend on all the different consumer-based categories, you know, what shows you watched last week, right? And knows all those things. And then 
when you start, every time that that person looks at a shoe, it knows which shoe you liked, which shoe you walked up to, you know, what, why you liked that shoe instead of that shoe, how much time you spent looking at this shoe or that shoe. Well, it's like putting the security camera on your website. And so when people show up, if they're logged into their Facebook account, when you show, when they show up on your website, Facebook knows that they're there and knows who they are, how much money they spend, what websites they were on beforehand, what websites they went to after, what, what kind of, you know, how long they spend on sites, how long they spent looking at this blog or that picture or that part of your gallery, what buttons they clicked, you know, and then what kind of person they are, where they live, how much money they have, how old their house is, how much money they make, um, what their credit score is. They know all this stuff, right? And then if that isn't great enough to have that level of consumer data being delivered to your, to your website, at least in a very, very anonymous way, it's great that Facebook actually gives us quite a bit of privacy while still letting advertisers know a lot about who's on their page. At the same time, because you're, because you're contributing, because now Facebook gets to collect that information while they're on your page, they know they get to learn what they did on your page. And now Facebook understands that. Well, because you're contributing to that network, you also get to take down from that network. And so you, cannot, you're, you can now tell Facebook, hey, if most of the people who come to my page were visiting Owens Corning's website, Home and Garden TV, Home Advisor asking, and they're on blogs about what the best shingles are for Wisconsin, right? Well, then all of a sudden now we can tell Facebook, hey, those are the kind of people that typically turn into my customers. Can we show my stuff on Facebook to those people? So it's that sole peering technology of a security camera that allows us to do that. So if, if Facebook learns that, hey, when everybody watches the Grammys and sees that all these stars wore red shoes to honor the victims of some hurricane, and now they all wore dresses with red shoes. And so now if a girl was just at a shoe store and bought red shoes, well, then if a clothing store happens to be selling the same kind of dresses that they were wearing on the red carpet, well, then now let's show her those dresses because she's going to look at those stars and go, oh, that dress pairs so good with those red shoes. I need a dress like that. Well, that's the kind of the, the creepiness of Facebook goes, hey, we need our advertisers to make money. So we know this is the kind of stuff that works on you. So, hey, by the way, have you seen this dress? Right. And it's going to do the same thing with construction. It's going to go, hey, you were just reading a blog about how, you know, when is the right time to replace your shingles? And then you were just Googling what the best shingles were and you were on Owens Corning website reading about the features. Have you heard about this roofer in your local area that wants to spend money on getting acquiring clients who are looking for a new roof? It just uses that same thing. So that's the power of the pixel. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. And I mean, there is a, a creepiness to it, but also as a, as a marketer, you're going, Hey, this is just smart marketing, right? I'm trying to Absolutely. Get, get in front of the right clientele and, and you can do it in a way that's, you know, ethical and, you know, yeah. you the creepiness is a good thing. I always say like when people say, Oh, that's so creepy. That's so eerie. Oh, I don't like, Oh, I just saw this website and they did that. No, so creepy. And I was like, every time I go on Christmas vacation, I go skiing. I go out of town, I go to some hotel or some Airbnb and I go on a ski trip for Christmas. And then invariably, there's always a Christmas morning where some nice lady or some group of girls is cooking food and the guys are sitting down and they're always playing the same movie and Bruce Willis fights and it's not a Christmas movie, but it is. It's always Die Hard playing at like 11 o'clock right before breakfast or lunch kind of time. And, uh, and it's always Die Hard that's on. And I'm sitting there and watching Die Hard and it's on some super channel type, you know, cable TV thing where there's no targeting. And 
every time, and, and of course, because they know everybody's sitting in a room watching TV right now because it's Christmas holidays, that there's no stores open, there's no nothing, that they're going to run ads. And it's always like, do you have, it's always like these old, like, not, I don't want to say old people, but old people. It's like, it's like, do you have a problem where you might fall down the stairs? You need to be wearing the Medicaid alert, right? And it's like, <laughs> this is not relevant for me at all. This is right. just an unwelcomed interruption into the movie Die Hard. Or then it's another thing. It's like, do you have pancreatic cancer? Well, then you should check out this new drug where it's got 38 side effects that are terrible, but hey, it might make your pancreas work for three weeks, Right. All these things that they call these stupid ads that have nothing to do with me, it's unwelcome. But if it was like, hey, you're in Canmore and you're aged between 30 and 35, did you know we're having a really good party at this local bar to celebrate Boxing Day? Or it's like, hey, by the way, are your, did you break anything on your snowboard? They're having an excellent sale at the local snowboard shop. If those ads came on, well, I'm like, you know what? Those are at least relevant to me. I might be interested in what they're having but you don't have that possibility in cable so as creepy as it is the fact is i get to use facebook for free just like i get to watch tv for sort of free 60 bucks for unlimited everything you know it's like that's pretty much free so the the the, the, the transaction that i make for that is that someone gets to interrupt me with advertisements if you're going to interrupt me at least talk about crap i want to listen to yeah, I totally agree. You know, it gives you the chance to be more relevant and do better marketing, marketing that might actually meet somebody where they're at versus some random, like I'm just blasting this out to millions and I hope it hits some small percentage. So, um, well, hey, you know, this is kind of a big topic, ever expanding. I'm sure we could talk about it for a long time. I guess as somebody's thinking about this, they're going, okay, Facebook, I get it. It's powerful. The advertising, there's unlimited ways to target people you know, where should somebody start if they haven't really gotten involved with Facebook ads at this point? Well, uh, the biggest thing is you have to identify who your ideal customer is. So we talked about how we'd like unpack that buyer's journey. Yes. Well, you have to begin with the end in mind. And the end is ultimately you get to talk to a customer that will be most likely to value your time and your services. And that's something that construction guys always complain about. I haven't met a roofer yet who hasn't posted that stupid picture on Instagram where it's like, if you think it's expensive hiring a good roofer, try hiring a bad one. And they think that this is gonna like unlock some kind of moral compass in customers and suddenly make them value their time so much more because they posted some stupid meme. It doesn't work, right? But what the, there's a psychology behind it is customers don't, that day, some customers said, well, this guy's $2,000 cheaper. And so he's pissed off when he posted the meme. So um, the psychology is that these guys are not meeting customers who value their time. So first you have to identify what customer is your ideal customer. If, you're, if you speak Chinese or Mandarin, sorry, if you speak Mandarin and you're in a community where there's a lot of Mandarin speaking people and you're still advertising everything in English, you're losing one of your unique selling points and that you can immediately build like trust and authority within the Mandarin community. So I'd run a Facebook ad that has Mandarin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. um, so you want to identify your ideal customer. Like in, in my company, my ideal customer is I am completely ruthless and, 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 and unforgiving and unapologetic about how narrowed down I am. My, my ideal customer avatar is between 35 and 65. They're a suburban 
established white couple who has a professional uh, professional entrepreneurial or government job. Their kids are between 13 and 17. They live in a suburban home with a complicated roof, not just a two-sided bungalow, right? In a landscape yard, and they plan on living in their house for the next five to 10 years because their kids are probably going to school and they don't intend on moving soon. That's it. That's my ideal customer avatar, right? And there's, there's a few more subtle nuances to it, but that, I, that customer is perfect for us because we identify everything about what we do, everything about what we promise, everything about what we sell. All of our communication, all of our marketing is geared towards making us the best roofing company for that person. If you're between 25 and 30 and you work as a mechanic, well, then you're, you're going to be psychologically programmed to go, well, I could get, you know, people fix their cars and they pay $140 an hour, but I could fix it for 30. So I could get some guys with the beers and we'll go do the roof ourselves. Right. I don't want to be price comparing myself to what you and your buddies can do it for a couple of beers because the fact is you're not, that's not my ideal customer. Right. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, there's and, no shame in turning away people that, you know, it's not going to be a good experience or it's just going to be a waste of time and you won't even get the job anyway. Right. And then and because Facebook's so powerful with targeting, when you understand who your ideal customer avatar is, then you understand the language they use. You understand the websites they go to, and then you can use Facebook to target people who are interested in a certain group or a certain celebrity who are following certain things. So you can, Make it so that your ads are showing up in, in because they're of, of certain interest categories they're in. So it might seem totally weird, but I mean, in the States, we target Facebook group, we target on Facebook based on people who like Ann Coulter and Brett Bart because they were there in a community where they want to target people who are extremely right leaning. And then there's, I have, I've dealt with people in the same market who are, who target people who are fans of Nancy Pelosi because they want to be left leaning. I found that certain, I've, our ads work better if we exclude them to only people with iPhones. Mm, interesting. Right? Because the people with, people with an iPhone, like who's ever, like do you like an Android or iPhone? Which kind of phone do you have? I have an iPhone. Okay. So have you ever had the Android people like, oh, you can't customize it. And it had bad, it had wireless charging three years ago. And, nah, 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 nah. and they got, they run on about how great their phone is, how much more customizability they have. And, they can move this button over here and they, they like this you know, version of a Google Ice Cube or whatever better. All that means is that they like to be an early adopter of technology. They like to have control. They like to be able to customize their experience, right? iPhone people are like, yeah, but my phone just works and it works good and I can do everything I need to on my phone and it just works better, right? And they like it because it just works. Well, everything about what we do when we're working, when we're aiming at uh, entrepreneurs, uh, government workers or um, uh, entrepreneurs, government workers or professionals is that they don't want to have to learn everything about roofing. They just want to find the expert and have it just work. They just want to know it's just going to go well. They don't want to have to, you know, be up on the roof watching us do the work. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You so want to make our marketing directed towards those people. And it just has, so happens that the, the biggest thing, the biggest change that we made for increasing the, the end closing ratio. So not the conversion rate of our ads, the, the rate at which people click and send us their info or send us a lead, but the, the end conversion, the people who end up saying yes, we found that the leads that come from people when we only target iPhones, those people say yes more often at a better price, you know, after we've been testing it for four years, because those people just want it done. They don't want to think about it. Right. And so the entrepreneur, government worker, or professional who has an Android, and the entrepreneur, government worker, or professional who has iPhone, these ones say yes more often. 
and for a better price because they just want it done. Right. So, so that's about why you want to identify your ideal customer avatar right out of the gate. Begin with the end in mind, right? Then it's then after that, it's it's just designing and creating content around what that is. Four years ago, it was infographics and eBooks, and then it became animated videos and some videos, and now it's about videos and creating a chatbot experience. I mean, the 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 the, the medium will always change. But if you have a really clear understanding of your ideal customer, because you can't create a chatbot that works if you don't understand how to talk to your customer and what kind of customer you're attracting. Because yeah. you, creating a chatbot is ultimately trying to automate a conversation. So you can't automate a conversation if you don't know what they're going to say or what questions they're going to ask or how they're going to think. So no matter what, the medium will always change. And for the next, it's going to be virtual reality or something. But I'm going to be doing an estimate through a 3D camera drone or something. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, something cool, right? <laughs> right. But the but so the medium will always change. But you always have to identify your ideal customer avatar first. Yeah, and Adam, that's awesome for everyone listening. I mean, you can see how it started at the high level, like breaking it out. Okay, I like these neighborhoods. I like these jobs. You know, we're hit, we're narrowing the market age range. Uh, but I love how you also have the nitty gritty details. And then once you've got that, you can start testing. And so breaking it down to like discover that the phone that they have, you know, is impacting your closing rate at the sale. I mean, that is fascinating. And you don't get there immediately, right? You have to start no, at a high level and you yeah, work it down. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's, you talk, you're, so your company, Builder Funnel, right? That's very bottom of funnel. That's what happens when you've got four or five years of, 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 of testing this is that eventually, because in marketing, you know, the other, another fundamental is always be testing. And, uh, and, 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 you know, the whole con, like there's so like the big, another thing for anybody that's listening right now that's looking at this is they have to understand that the market is being flood with people trying to teach this stuff and trying to sell that they do this stuff. I mean, I recently talked about how, if you want, like you see guys that I'm a Facebook ad expert in the construction industry. And then you go and search their name in the click funnels user group. And it's like two weeks ago, they're asking what a lookalike audience is. That's like some guy saying I'm the best roofer in the world. And then like two weeks ago, you found out that he was at some roofing thing saying, Hey, so how, how does that architectural cap work? You know, what is a plumbing vent? Right? Like, I mean, if they were asking these questions, a roofer would say, how are you saying you're a professional roofer? And And the, and the, and the sick irony is, is that, the roofing industry is full of that chuck in a truck guys who, you know, show up and they're just a small company, but they're presenting themselves as maybe something they're not. And, uh, and they get that fly by night reputation. And yet they're so pissed off when they get, you know, abused by the, the fly by night Facebook guy who just took a click funnels course three weeks ago. And he was told to fake it till you make it. Cause he watched Gary V and now he's out there charging, you know, you got to price yourself so that people value you. So charge $10,000 a month and settle at five. And then the guy has no idea what he's doing. So you want to learn enough to be dangerous and you want to always be testing. And so if you're talking to your marketer and always talking about what are you testing? What are we testing right now? That's what happens. And so that whole like phone thing, that's what happens when you're like trying, when you have this like fundamental belief, always be testing. And then you're like, well, what do we test next? I was like, well, I wonder what would happen if we just created two ad sets. And the only thing different was these ads are going to people with iPhones and these ads are going to people with Android phones and let's see what happens. So a lot of the time, you know, when you talk to these, when you, when the people who are listening to this, you know, the first thing is identify your ideal customer avatar. The second thing is know enough to be dangerous. If you're not going to do it yourself, or sorry, if you're not going to hire someone to do it, or you don't have the money to do it, no, you know, you're going to have to do it yourself. You're gonna have to learn how to do it yourself. But if you're going to hire someone, 
you still want to learn something. You want to know enough to be dangerous because if I hire someone to do Facebook ads for me, and I have, I've hired people to do it because I just don't have the time at times. I'm like, but you, no one's pulling the wool over my eyes and saying, oh yeah, that's just the, uh, you know, the market takes some time to respond to the ads and, you know, we're trying and this and that, and the pixel and, the, can, you know, they're not going to tell me what is or isn't right. Now, you don't have to know what I know or what you know, but they should know something. Something. So they have to do some education and some research and learn the right questions to ask so that they can hire someone that's going yeah. to ultimately get, deliver the results because that's the epidemic we're facing right now. I, like They just sold that Anthony Robbins mastermind thing is $12 million in sales for a course on creating courses. And all I look at that is you're in a market like the United States where any retard can be successful right now. And I know that sounds so not PC, but the fact is, is that right now, in a market like the United States, I'm in Canada where the market is not like the United States at all right now. And, you know, you see that, you know, when the market's down, you see who's swimming naked when the tide goes out, right? But a rising tide raises all ships, right? To keep things, Absolutely. Keep things yeah. nautical. So right now, Anthony Robbins, the Feruzzi and Russell Brunson, they're not stupid. Right? Digital marketer, they just sold to the Agora companies. And uh, so like these big organizations, they're not stupid. They understand that right now everybody thinks that they have the Midas touch, that they can make money no matter what, and that they are God's gift to whatever industry they're in. So they think, I'm making so much money right now. You're right. I should be teaching a course. I should start an ebook. I should start an I should start an agency and a consulting consulting group. And so, and of course, when you've got Anthony Robbins saying, Do you make money? You should teach people. Would you like to make money from a laptop and live on a beach like this? What you need to do is you need to start yourself an online course using Click funnels, buy, you know, buy our thing for 2000 bucks. And all these guys think, yeah, I should do this. And so, and this has been going on for years and it's like, it's hitting a peak, I think, but who knows? But the point is, is that the market of Facebook ad guys, like I said, you can't throw a shingle off a roof without hitting 13 guys who say they'll do it. There's a huge, huge market of people who are selling this service and I don't, I'm not bitter, but I am concerned because I see how hard guys work on roofing companies. Like I see the sacrifices they make, the time they spend. You know, when they're not roofing, they're estimating. And when they're not roofing or estimating, they're buying tools and they're not doing all that. They're sleeping. And then maybe they try and scrape a little time out with their families. And, you know, if they're going to be going out to the market saying being sold, by this podcast episode on, I need to go to Facebook. I need to go to Facebook. And then they're going to go on Roofers for Life or Roofer Community Group or the Roofing Entrepreneurs Group. And they're going to go, hey, who knows how to do Facebook ads? And 73 people are going to direct message them like it's the horde coming on the Game of Thrones castle last week. They should know enough to be dangerous back to that community and say, these are the things that I need you to know how to do. And these are the things that, you know, these, this is what they need to have a plan for hiring and managing the person that they're ultimately going to get to do the work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a couple of good points in there. I mean, one is know enough, you know, about it. You don't have to know how to actually execute it or know all the little details, but know enough about it. And then the other pieces too, you said, you know, you do a lot of testing and you're always testing something. So know that you maybe aren't going to strike gold on the first ad or the second ad, but as long as you can see the progress of like test, fail or, oh, we saw something work. Okay, let's take that and build on it. Do another test, you know, and continue. Then, you know, you can work your way there. So uh, those were a couple of things I pulled out of that. And then I want to shift to another question, which I get a lot, which is, okay, I've been running Facebook ads and, and we're getting some leads, you know, but it seems like they're junk or 
same thing comes up with Google. You know, people find my website and it's junk leads. So how should people handle internet leads versus say a referral, which is always going to be the best type of lead? Hey guys, just a quick announcement before we get to the rest of today's episode. We've been getting a ton of feedback on our done for you social media program. Now, if social media has been a frustration of yours or you feel like you're not posting enough, this is the perfect solution for you. And as a listener of the podcast, we've got a special promotion going on right now. So just head over to remodelersocialmedia.com and use the code radio at the checkout. So if you want to get more engagement and more people finding you on platforms like Facebook and Instagram, hit pause really quick and check out remodelersocialmedia.com and use the code radio at checkout. All right, back to the show. Oh yeah, you're gonna get these guys. And and I wanna challenge that assumption because you're right. Everybody in the roofing industry is gonna go, oh, I don't need marketing. Oh, if you do good work, oh, you just get referrals and that. It's like, you're right. But can you control what a referral says? Can you control when they say it? Can you control how often they say it? Can you control who they say it to? No. So if someone's running around saying, oh, go hire those guys. They were the cheapest. It's not the message that I want going on about me. Totally. Right? I mean, because here's the thing, maybe that person's roof, maybe, and this is some builder talk that the guys understand, but maybe that roof was a 10, 12 pitch, cut up to hell, 37 facets, no access, steep. And the other three quotes that that customer got, they walked up and said, I don't know. And they gave them the FU price. So real price is like 10, or let's say the real price was 15. They gave them 20. They're like, yeah, 25,000. The customer's like, whoa. And so then you came in at 17. So you were still a healthy profit. And it was, it was, you know, it was, it was proportionate to the amount of work and effort and risk required to complete the job properly. But because the other three guys walked up and said, I don't want that job or I can't do that job and gave them the FU price. Well, then now you're labeled the cheapest. So then all of a sudden when he goes and tells his friend who's got a full 412 two-sided simple straight go bungalow and he says, yeah, go to these guys. They were the cheapest. And then you come in and you're not the cheapest because he called three other people or those same guys that gave the FU price. They always give the super aggressive price on the easy jobs because they know they can do them and, they, and they're easy to quote. So, you know, you're not controlling that message. And so internet leads, um, you know, they're not those referrals, but you can control the message. Now, the challenge is, is that first of all, to get the right internet leads, you have to produce the right content. Guys that are responsible for your marketing as a construction company, they're dying for you to create more content. They need you to create the kinds of things that are gonna attract your ideal customer. So in today's world, the, the best and worst thing is that the guys who own the guys who own the company that's been in town for 35, 40 years and they've been around forever and they get all the business and they got kind of a lock on the market, those guys are shaking in their boots because all the crap that built their business don't exist anymore. You used to be able to make two decisions a year. Do they do a billboard or do they do 20 bus benches? Do they do the TV guide or do they do the, uh, the yellow pick full, poly, full color first page of the yellow pages, right? That, that was it. They made a couple decisions a year. You go to them now and say, so you got to have a blog. You definitely need a Facebook page. You should probably start a YouTube channel and Instagram's coming around. And in five years, they're going to have to do Snapchat too. They're like, what? Yeah. They don't want anything to do with this, right? They don't want nothing to do with it. They just want to kind of, they just want to, you know, they're just like, they want to sell is what they want to do. Yeah. And the, so that is the curse and the opportunity 
of the new world. And if you if you look, change your mind and look at it as a blessing, that's why little companies are all of a sudden giving you know knockout punches to huge companies on it on in the market is because now for five or ten dollars a day, you can use a platform like Facebook or YouTube to actually start reaching the market. But the consequence is you got to be willing to stand in front of this and do a video. And that's the challenge because you can't, even the infographics and stuff don't work like they used to. People like, I mean, yeah, I got, I got all those leads. I can't, I'm not getting 384 leads at 81 cents a lead off of my ebook anymore. I mean, we still do good, but yeah, that's not, not like now, the old days, right? <laughs> but you know what, you know, you know how much that ebook cost? 30 grand, right? When you total up all the cost of just the design fees, then you got to account for my time, right? You know how much it costs for me to, how much it costs for me to record a video on an iPhone, right? They use it. People think they need an expensive camera. They don't. The, the, the commercial for a $4,000 DSLR camera was recorded on an iPhone X. <laughs> that, there, where's there there you go. Yeah. And so you can do it. You can record on that. You can get yourself, you know, a little, little these little gimbals like DJI Osmos and they make the recording super smooth, right? And so you don't need to have an expensive video production crew and that's a blessing or a curse, but you have to be willing to get in front of a video camera so you can talk. And once you know the right things to say in the scripts and testing and whatnot, but if you produce the content, then you will get better leads because remember where I said guys don't, guys hate that customers don't value their time and they spend and they post that stupid meme and they complain about it. Well, instead of posting that stupid meme and complaining about it, invest in, invest in helping people understand why they should value your time by putting value up front first by standing in front of a camera and producing some content, just getting out there and recording and talking about what's going on on your projects every day. And then that, then once you get an internet lead, right, it should be better if you do that kind of stuff first. But then once you get that internet lead, you got to respond fast, right? If you're, we're talking 10 minute response times, five minutes is five hours. I say, yeah. I mean, so like you need yeah, to have, if, you, if you're under a minute, I mean, it's like 400% increase you a chance of connecting with them. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. I like my goal is every, like I get leads sent to me by email, by text and in our Slack channel. And then yeah. the first thing that happens is an inspector goes into Slack and replies on it in, uh, in the, in the Slack channel. So just an ch internal chat thing. It's just a chat board. doesn't matter. You could use text messaging, but they just say on it, you know, and they, so we know which inspector has it. They call right away and customers all the time. I get the recordings of the calls. I, I do these calls myself. Like, Oh, I just hit, I just hit the button. You know yeah. what I mean? And when yeah, they, they're amazed. <laughs> right. What do you, so that first impression is everything in internet leads. You get way better. And like, that's the kind of thing that, that's not the referral saying, Oh, those guys are the cheapest. No, it's like now the messaging is, wow, what a fast response. I want an answer to my question. And I got it that quick, right? Have some, and so first thing is fast response time and good notes, right? I mean, you need to be putting things into a CRM. You need to be, you know, you need to treat these people as if they're going to five other competitors and you have to win their business on service. And that's, so internet leads are not about the expectation that you get the business. It's about the expectation that you're not and fighting for it because even referrals, you're not guaranteed to get the business anymore because now it's call these three guys. They were good for us. There's just so much, but it's, it, yeah. I mean, like you say, we can unpack this forever, but yeah, there's a, there's a ton and the appropriate content up front will make just a, it'll make a thousand fold difference. Just those two things.
Yeah, and and think that's perfect. I think uh, you know speed is is massive. Uh, I cited some statistic there off the top of my head that I actually saw a chart where they kind of have this graph where it's like a minute and it's like four hundred percent chance of connecting with them, and then going to five minutes it drops to like one eighty two. It's still a large number, but then after like ten, it's yeah. like really low. So that that's awesome advice. And, yeah. Uh, I, I've got, uh, I guess we've been talking Facebook a lot and, and that is a great channel. Uh, is that still your favorite lead gen channel right now? Or do you have another one that you're kind of, uh, either that's successful or you think it will be in the next, you know, six I, to eight months? I think you're seeing a couple things that are really interesting. So, um, the one that's a little more unexpected is LinkedIn and not just for commercial leads, right? I mean, people are like, everybody's talking about LinkedIn right now. So then everybody thinks goes the direction of, oh, LinkedIn, business, commercial. Yeah, this is the best place for commercial leads. It's not. Um, it's actually becoming a really good place for residential leads. Because again, if you want to target people based on a specific trade, right? Or a specific, uh, a specific occupation, you can create um, you can create ads on LinkedIn just like you create ads on Facebook based on what people are interested in or what kind of or what kind of interest you know people have of a certain occupation. If you want to create a hero's discount so that anybody who's a firefighter or a police officer or an ambulance driver gets a discount on roofing, well, you can target people who are in that in that occupation. Yeah, not every, the firefighters aren't on LinkedIn, right? I mean, but the 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 OHS girl is their like, occupational health and safety the the safety people so the safety people are the accountants are the the marketing people for the police station are the administration staff for the people the office managers the accountants the all those people are on there and when all of a sudden you create an ad for like being coming a champion for getting your your uh, police division whatever like that um, aligning yourself with charitable organizations for like I have this video script I call the giving pledge video script using that to align yourself with charities to get, you know, we're giving X amount of money towards the roof, every roof to this charity. Those charities are on LinkedIn because their organizations, nonprofits are huge on there. So LinkedIn's making a, a making, I'm not confident yet in charging anyone or, 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 or necessarily like telling anybody what to do yet because I haven't found anything that works hundred percent of the time, but it's definitely a ex place I'm experimenting. And then YouTube. Facebook has removed yeah. a lot of its income targeting and a lot of its uh, occupational or home ownership targeting. And YouTube is really, but they're spending money now on creating that YouTube, uh, YouTube premium so people can watch TV on there and whatnot. And they brought back Karate Kid, which is pretty cool. <laughs> but they, uh, they, they are, but because of their targeting level and because you can target people based on Google searches, it's pretty nice to be able to talk about the benefit of malarkey shingles or why you're the best roofing company in the city when you know someone Googled roofing companies in Missouri, right? Right. Yeah. Or in Missouri. So, so YouTube is kind of an obvious one that I think people need to pay attention to. Again, I don't think you need to start a YouTube influencer channel to be the roof, the influencer roofer in town, but YouTube ads, as far as paid traffic goes, uh, definitely making a strong reemergence as something that roofers should be paying attention to. And that we're finding, you know, consistent success with. Cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome advice. And I've got one more question for you as we wrap. But uh, before we get to that, you know, for anybody listening, the, they're like, man, this is awesome. How can I connect with Adam? Where can they, you know, find out about you? That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, all the social channels, of course, being in this industry, you're going to be on your Facebook and your Instagram. So just look up roofing partner, roofing business partner, Adam Sand, I'm found everywhere. Roofingbusinesspartner.com. Hit me up on the website. 
find me on Facebook, um, or you can listen, you can listen to my podcast too, right? Roofing Business Partner Podcast. So, I mean, I'm easily found, right? You search my name, you're going to find it, Adam Sand, just Adam Sand Roofing, and you're guaranteed to find me. So, um, (laughs) and then, yeah. I really love it when people when people uh, reach out because I just love talking about this stuff. I mean, that's it's for me. It's I have a best friend who's worked in this trade who has you know suffered the you know all the all the hot days and hard days and lifting bundles of shingles and shooting nails through his hands and guys quitting on him and family and you know missing him and all those days, all that stuff. I've I know how hard these guys work and they need. They need, there's a lot of guys out there who deserve a level up. There's a lot of douches in the roofing industry too, but that don't ultimately, they should just stick to shingling and shouldn't try to be business owners. But there's a lot of really good people out there. And the only thing stopping them from really getting the success and the financial freedom and the choices that come with it, that they maybe don't deserve, but that they could have if they are willing to do the work and put out the content um, and try some new things. The only thing stopping them is a lack of information. And if I can help them, by just giving them, you know, throwing them a bone, great. And if it turns into something for money later, great. But at the end of the day, you know, that tends to take care of itself. If we just keep putting good information out there, the right people are going to find the right direction. And, and they can, they, I mean, they work their asses off, right? I mean, they're not stockbrokers. These guys are out there busting their butts. And the construction industry needs people like you, people like me helping them. So I love to talk about it and I'd love to hear from anyone. That's awesome. Yeah. And we'll make sure to link all that up in the show notes too, to make it easy for everybody. And yeah, as we wrap for today, I guess, Adam, if you could just leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Uh, again, learn enough about marketing to be dangerous. Don't, if you want people to value your time, you have to do marketing. And if you're going to do marketing, learn enough to be dangerous. Awesome. I like it. Well, Adam, thanks so much. This was an awesome conversation. I mean, we blew through a lot of good stuff and I think there's a lot of takeaways for everybody. So thanks for joining me. Perfect, man. I hope it helps. And thanks for the, thanks for the opportunity to come on here and talk to your audience. I'm sure they're great people and I hope to see and meet a few people. So yeah, let me know if there's anything I can do for you, man. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks, Adam. Take care. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that one with Adam Sand. Like I said at the beginning, it was fast paced and we covered a lot of ground, but I think there were some really good takeaways in there. Uh, So I'd like to outline a few things for you uh, as you're on the go, on the move. And so hopefully you can take these and start putting these things into action. So item number one was really think about your ideal customer. And I loved how he broke that down to an age range specific Uh, areas, but then also specific professions. And then he even started testing some really granular stuff like the phones that they they have. And so uh, really understanding who your target customer is, is critical for really all of your marketing efforts, but especially when it comes to being able to target those people through Facebook advertising, YouTube ads, some of the other things that Adam talked about. So that's item number one. Uh, The second thing is figuring out what is your lead magnet? What is going to be that thing that you can offer to your audience that really matters to them and that's interesting to them? That's how you're going to pull them in from their Facebook news feed as they're scrolling and actually be able to capture them, capture, capture some information like name, email, and phone number. And so you've got to have a really compelling lead magnet. Uh, could be called a top of the funnel offer or a conversion offer, but you basically need something where you can trade some information, trade some value. So that was item number two. And then the third thing is make sure you get that pixel installed on your website. And so the Facebook pixel will allow you to retarget people. So if they visit your website and then leave, you can now show some ads to those people. So even if you weren't able to grab some contact information 
you can still stay in front of them and start to build that relationship with them. So those are my three action items. There was a ton of stuff in here, but I think if you start with those three and then you start creating your ads and do some testing, you'll be on your path to success. So again, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. There was a lot in there and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Builder Funnel Radio. I know there are a lot of podcast choices out there, so it really means a lot to me that you choose this as one you either subscribe or listen to regularly. Now, before we part ways for today, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you got some value out of today's episode, please either leave us a review or share this with a friend. We're really working on building a community of construction professionals that want to treat their customers right, they want to run profitable businesses, and create more jobs in our economy. So leaving a review or sharing it with a friend really helps us build that community, and we'd really, really appreciate it. All right, guys, that's all I've got for today. So we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.